0: When you're hoarding toilet paper to practice your soccer at home, it's That's So MLS. (laughs) With myself in isolation, maintaining a cross-country social distance with my co-host Andrew Bates. There's far more
1: than two meters between us.
0: (laughs) There's a lot more. You can never be too safe with these things. We put an entire country between us. Uh, Uh, This is a North American... Well, it used to be a soccer podcast. We'll see what it becomes in the coming weeks. Um, Wow. If
1: you you have any ideas for other topics, let us know.
0: Yeah. (laughs) This could devolve real quickly. Um, Interesting times. Um, The MLS season, of course, by now, everyone knows, has been called off indefinitely, at least for the next month. There will be no soccer uh, but more importantly, just Andrew in general, how are you doing? Um, it's been, uh, of course, it's been
1: interesting times. Um, in New Brunswick, uh, uh, we were as we we're recording on Friday, a, a state of emergency was declared here yesterday, and trying to stay calm and in in situated, get all the, the 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 parts of my my home working in a, a work up and everything is has been the uh, the challenge. I, I sat in and watched Irish movies for St. Patrick's Day last week, so that was good. Nice.
0: Yeah, it, it is a bit weird. Like, I think I was like a lot of people last week or last week, about Tuesday, I was like, I mean, I think we can, like, tone it down a little bit. Like, it's serious, and we should take precautions, but, like, come on. And by Thursday, I was like, guys, I think it's pretty bad. Um, <laughs> it's pretty bad. I don't know. Wow, okay. Um, and then, yeah, by Friday, it was like, everyone's working from home, and uh, here we are. And it just every day, it's, it's something new and more, and, uh, yeah, I can appreciate the just trying to you know, be a, a stone in the river right now. Just let the water rush over you and be like, All right, what are we what are we doing today? What's the situation?
1: It's the nature of just the I mean, it's the nature of how a pandemic spreads, that everything moves really quickly. But last yeah. week seemed to be you know, particularly quick in terms of everything happening kind of at once.
0: Well, I read an interesting thing that last week was actually six years ago already.
1: Oh, yeah. You know what? <laughs> I think I agree with that. Um, it was like, you know, the U.S. primaries were on Tuesday and then uh, Wednesday night was the... I believe it was. Was it Wednesday or or Thursday night that they had the NBA game where the player tested positive just before? Um. And then like, Mm -hmm. that was pretty much like, like they had basically the NBA had said that they were going to call it off like that evening. And then the next day, um, people were wondering, you know, when is, when are the other leagues going to do it? The MLS did it and then the NBA, the NHL did it later the same day. Um, and there was a, there was just a lot going on, um, um, the U.S. soccer president got fired in the... Or, you know, sorry, resigned in the middle of this for completely unrelated reasons. Um, everything was moving uh, in in the course of those two days. And, and it's still... Everything is still changing every day. Um, but, you know, uh, a little bit in the world of sports, it's starting to slow down, you know, appropriately. Uh, I've tried to pick up FIFA 19...
0: It's, that's God. right. The great ex- It's so funny too that I think like within minutes of you sending me that message, I had just finished buying and ordering an Xbox online from Best Buy. I was <laughs> like, Oh no, oh no! This is this is how they get you. Disaster capitalism at its best. How's that going, by the way? Uh, uh bad. Um. So, <laughs>
1: so the thing is, here's the thing. Right. So this was my like goof is that I thought well I got FIFA 19 should I buy FIFA 20 so that I can try to get into esports having not played a game of any free FIFA franchise since 20, since since buying FIFA 16 like three years ago um I and I was just like well let's let's fire it up and here's what I can I compete could I I could do that it's fine no it's not possible if you are missing the broadcast experience of soccer fifa 19 dropped it dropped me right into uh the uefa champions league final complete with like the big uh star-shaped stadium bumper intro right uh and then like without even having any like start screen or anything it drops you all the way through like what the broadcast opening of a game would be like right into gameplay. And the, they've done so much to try and, and simulate it to the point where if you play uh, an MLS match, um, I played the, I played a Vancouver Whitecaps game in BC place. um, All of the graphics change. It's the same graphic as you would ordinarily see in MLS. It's, uh, last year's anthem, but they have the whole match presentation is exactly the same as it would be on TV. They have MLS uh, announcers. They've got uh, even recorded chants of the Southsiders singing in the background. So they, it really feels like they have spared no. That's one expense. of the great
0: advantages of EA Sports being in Vancouver. <laughs> it's true! <laughs> is that there's like really premium whitecaps content. Like even when. The white caps were like fairly new to the league. There was like custom covers for the white caps, which is pretty cute.
1: The, if you do drills, I have the white cap set as my main team. Uh, the training center looks like. Oh, no way. The, it looks like UBC. That's so cool. It's not exact. Like, it's not, it's, it isn't like exactly, but you could kind of well, see the, I mean, but well, I mean, I think that can be forgiven. Well, I mean, like, in terms of outside, but it's like you could see the rugby hut. Right. But then everything that's else is kind of cool. like trees in the background. But it looks, it looked like, you know, I've been there and it, it is what it looks like. Right. I don't know if and it's supposed so, to be, but it's, but it, that's what it reminded me of.
0: And I, play on the pitch that they sometimes use right beside that. So what you're telling me is my training ground is in FIFA 20. It's true. It's FIFA... But this is all this is all I mean you haven't really answered my question of how's it going like uh
1: Now here's the thing is that I've played <laughs> mm, other mm-hmm. games that are more arcade based. Uh the the current era of FIFA is so exact. Like I was playing on amateur mode And I was really rubbish at it until I I did some drills to teach myself how to play the game. And after I uh, played the Champions League final and won 6-0, the game uh, politely suggested that I bump up a difficulty level, Um, at which I got murdered
0: constantly. Because I've never been able to make it up a level in any FIFA game. I always <laughs> get destroyed the second I go higher. The
1: game is trying to, it, it does a great job of trying to give you the largest amount of control you can over what you, like, like the, the moves that you're taking. Um, like, for example, you don't just hit a button to shoot. You like hold the button to shoot to show, to decide how hard you're going to hit. And you also have to move another joystick at the same time to, aren't like aim aware in the net you're going to shoot like, like, mm. which is great. Except if you're not kind of an ex, if you're not an expert player and I'm not, it's just like, um, the first, before I did the drills to teach you to teach you how to shoot, it's like, I played three games and scored one goal because I hit the pass button.
0: <laughs> so. Yeah. I've had some, exp- the last time I played FIFA 19, uh, with my friend, we were on the same team, and I still somehow got destroyed. <laughs> it's oh.
1: it's fifty fifty, right? Like I understand how it gives people, like people that have learned how to play it, like how it gives people a lot of control, and it, it is like probably really fun to play at that point. I, I don't know that it's great. It's something you could just pick up, you know. I've been <laughs> i I played for hour, like a couple hours last night, and it was just drills. I was just doing drills. To teach myself how to play the video game.
0: That sounds less fun. So
1: if you're listening to this and you uh, you really like FIFA and you who just heard me complain for a couple of minutes about uh, I refuse to learn about this and I suck at it, I apologize. Yeah, <laughs> but we're all doing our we're Ooh, we're all doing we're all our do- best. We're
0: all we're all doing our best. Uh, lots of players took to uh, I don't know how it started, but there was a, a Twitter challenge of, uh, juggling, um, toilet paper. So that happened. Um, and some of it's kind of fun. I saw people getting creative with running their drills. Um, it's just such like, obviously there are much bigger concerns. So it feels weird to talk about something as kind of trivial as this, but I actually found like, and I think a lot of people are finding this, like, I, I kind of just got off of my regular Twitter, and, and then that just left me with the That's So MLS one. And immediately, everyone's still talking about the pandemic, but soccer Twitter's just a, an actually nicer and more inspirational place than regular Twitter. Like, everyone's kind of collectively, you know, rather than bemoaning the fact that there's not soccer, are talking about, um, you know, sort of reminiscing, um, talking about things they're excited about, um, talking about, you know, the, the culture of supporters still supporting people in the community. It just, it, I mean, it feels like a, a nice place to be, given that, <laughs> that there's actually no soccer happening.
1: It's like, you know, at a time like this, especially when social distancing is, is being um, recommended by health experts around the world. You need to really fall back on what your community is to give you support, and you know, mm-hmm. call the people or you know, you know, uh, people that you've met from soccer or whatever else. Um, and that we we've talked about it a little bit before about how people build in you know being a, a supporter as part of their like you no know, identity, and that's something mm-hmm. that I think that it's nice that that is something that is giving people um, calm at this point and strength as opposed to being something that is like creating anxiety because it's taken away in a
0: sense. Cause it's yeah, not. Yeah. Uh, no. And I've, I've yet to see anybody that's really been like, I'm sure it's out there, but grousing about the fact that there's no soccer. Like, you know, we all, this is the world we're in right now. Um, but it's nice that it's not like, okay, okay everybody just disappears and we all like, nobody talks to each other or anything like that. Like players are still interacting with each other and fans and fans are still wanting to talk about soccer. Um, that's encouraging to see when, you know, for two weeks there's been nothing to talk about in terms of gameplay. That's true. Um, the, um,
1: one of the things that sort of we were looking at um, the day that I guess all this broke was the, um the press conference that was given by mark panis the mm-hmm. the white cap ceo who um i think went out and and gave a pretty uh a pretty open discussion about what was happening to the team at a at a really turbulent time and i think said some interesting things about how this is going to i guess pan out um we've got a little uh, a little morsel of that uh, that clip to play for you now. Mm-hmm.
2: I think everyone's seen the news today that MLS, as a league, has suspended operations for 30 days. Um, I'd like to be very clear. Uh, the decision was unified across the league. In other words, all the teams and the league office have been in close coordination throughout this process. We're all in agreement. We fully support it. Um, you know, everyone watching this or listening to this, is a mother, a father, a brother, a sister, a son, or a daughter, right? Like, this is bigger than football. This is about the health of all our communities. And so we're getting behind that to make sure that at the end of the day, the safety of our players, our coaches, the arena staff, all our fans who come to see us, that that's held to the highest possible level. And uh, I can just tell you that... Um, To be very clear, we know there aren't right answers here across the board. A lot of the decisions that are going to be made are going to be made uh, now using the most uh, uh, up-to-date data that we have and the best judgment that we have and whether we're right or whether we're wrong as, as an organization, individually, as senior employees, as a league, all the leagues, all the governments. This is all going to be just the story of what was right and, and wrong is going to be in retrospect. So uh, we ask for your patience because we're all doing the best we can in this. OK.
1: So that was Mark Panis. Um, I think that that, that is the day by day nature of what's happening and the fact that everybody is kind of making plans off the, you know, basically off the seat of their hands. It's, we're not even talking about cocktail napkins here because there are no there's no there's no time to write a cocktail napkin of what your plan is going to be. Yeah. Um
0: but I th- Yeah, I mean it's a, it, sorry, I was just going to say it's a, I mean it's just an incredibly hard thing to to have much to say at this point, right? And and I think um we'd also sort of talked about like some of the questions that were being asked where you're like, I guess reporters have to ask the questions, but you're like, look, <laughs> there's no soccer we don't know um it's kind of a big deal right now uh we will have more information later (laughs) what we what we know right now is
1: that uh initially players were being allowed to practice um that's not happening uh the the training moratorium just got extended today on friday um the uh there's been great stories of of Players being essentially holed up themselves. The Washington Post had a story about DC United players showing up one by one in their cars to get a foam roller and a, a sanitized soccer ball handed to them through the the uh, uh, the windows <laughs> of their cars. Basically, and, and a lot of teams are doing that and trying to communicate with players um, daily to try and get some uh, to try and get some stuff going. Um, the uh Panis shouted out the union. He said that he thought that the they've been very cooperative in this period of, mm-hmm. of of getting things stopped. Um one thing that I've heard talked about, you know, all of this, the the MLS announcing um they originally announced that it would be for thirty days, and then they announced um yesterday that it would be um another i bet i guess based on cdc recommendations they had said that it would be until another date in april i had this up on my phone and then it went to and then it went away um this is the one thing that people that that i think is on everybody's mind right now and and pan has talked about it in his press conferences press conference a couple times was are they gonna try and play the full season um, and mm-hmm. they're saying, yes, they're going to try and do that. Uh, MLS, even despite the fact that they are um, doing, it's May, May 10th is the new return date. Um, they want to try and do the, uh, the full season and play MLS Cup in December, maybe in a warm weather neutral venue, uh, according to Yahoo Sports. See you in Atlanta. <laughs> um, I still think, I think that the number one thing on people's – the number one question that people are are having right now is how long this is going to go. And the uh, TSN two nights ago had this great – basically like a a Canadian soccer special where they talked to everybody. They talked to the CEOs of of all three Canadian MLS sides and they talked to a reporter who is sort of – working to try and, and work out some of these details, Rick Westhead. And he had said that, you know, um Canadian player Jonathan David's team Gantt was telling him uh to be ready to train next month. That's hmm. I don't it's there are there are one month timelines, but it depending on who you're listening to, there is a the the concern That was brought up in a a report from Imperial College was that when you stop doing suppression, does that just mean the virus is going to come back as soon as you stop doing it? Um, Mm -hmm. And if that happens, do you have to wait 14 months for a vaccine to be created? Um, There are people who say that that there are other sort of experts that say that if you have mass testing, you don't have to everybody doesn't necessarily have to self-isolate, um, but you have to set up mass tests first. Right. Um, what do you think? Do you think people are being, do you think so- the soccer community is being too optimistic by still saying things like we're going to try and do a full season?
0: Um, I mean, on the one hand, yes, but I think at this point, like, It's not hurting them, I suppose anyone really, to say, okay, we're going to try to resume at this point and we're going to do a full season. But, I mean, let's not kid ourselves. They know that that could change because things have changed so quickly in even, forget 24 hours, in six hours, things can drastically change. So they're saying that as that's their best intention. Mm -hmm. But that doesn't mean it's going to happen. And so, you know, I imagine that I'm sure part of their planning process is also, okay, well, what if we do have to play with an abbreviated season? Um, Right now, it's easy enough to say, okay, we'll have, we'll try to double up some weeks and have, um, you know, more Wednesday games or things like that. But I just, I think it's just extending it by a couple of months seems rather optimistic. And to the last piece that you said about uh, um, if this, you know, if we do all this suppression, but we don't do it long enough, and then it just ends up popping back up. Well, I mean, then it's, it's not even about more soccer being canceled. It's just that we're going to delay all kinds of, or sorry, extend all kinds of economic and social impacts of this. So it only works if you're able to firmly get a grasp on things um, and make sure it doesn't come back. The thing that I was thinking about that's interesting is that the United States and Canada have had two very different responses to this pandemic. Yeah, And the border is closing between our two countries as of midnight tonight. And so... I imagine where conversations could get difficult is if in Canada, the situation changes, um, and suppression has worked and, you know, Canada starts to change and open things up, but things may still be at a different place in the United States. If for nothing else, also just the, the, um, the size of the population in the U S I'm not sure that that will be the biggest deciding factor, but it was a thing I was thinking about was like, well, what if, you know, Vancouver, Montreal, and Toronto all get the clear, but things are still bad in the States. And we know that state to state, the response has been different. So, um, it's going to get really, it's just going to get more complicated, but I, to answer your question, I think that it's extremely optimistic to say in a couple of months, we're going to be able to come back and everything's just going to be business as usual. I, I feel like it's probably going to be late summer at the earliest before we see soccer being played on a pitch in front of fans again.
1: Mm-hmm. I mean, the one thing that is kind of, if you think about it, I'm a, I'm a fan of pro wrestling. Um, And DDT is a promotion that, that was doing a lot of empty arena shows. And they just did their first with fans show again last night. But also... Japan is a country that has taken extreme that took extreme social distancing measures and took them earlier than other countries or earlier than we did, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, as as they created the issue, so it's. I like the, what you kind of said about like you have to get the handle on it. You can't you you can't sort of not get the handle on it and then be like, but we've been good.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> the virus doesn't care. If you've had four weeks or eight weeks of lockdown and then people, you know, infected people go out and go into a stadium and touch everything, right? Like it's, it it doesn't take much for things to spread exponentially. So, yeah. And it seems,
1: it it seems that Empty Arena is also a stopgap. And it kind of was- it kind of was in Italy because they were playing those games behind empty arena like behind closed doors for a while in Italy um and then 3 days after they halted sport uh Juventus defender tested the uh, tested positive and then the Arsenal manager and an Arsenal player tested positive and it's just like that's yeah. the same that i think is as much you know part of the the world story of sport shutting down as rudy gobert and the the utah jazz that like just mm-hmm. you you can you can try and you
0: know salvage your tv contracts for as long as you can but it's well, look at the premier league the premier league was just like beside themselves trying to just be like no 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 well it'll be fine what is the we'll no- just keep playing soccer what what could possibly go wrong Forbes it's soccer it's different. The Athletic uh, re- reports that they could be on the hip,
1: they could be on the hook for 1.3 billion dollars in lost broadcasting fees if they don't play those games. Yeah. Which at some point it- somebody's going to have to if everybody has to pay somebody like like ultimately the, the you have to expect you have to understand those games are not being played for a reason I feel like if you're the broadcaster but money is going to stop flowing at some point.
0: Well, and I think that's, yeah, that's the other situation we, where we are heading into where at a certain point, it's just like, man, charge us whatever you want. There's no money. Like, these are all completely hypothetical imaginary numbers. And we're about to see just how imaginary they are. Because if, you know, the sports net- networks say to the Premier League could pay up, But are don't have the revenue, there's no money. <laughs> pay you up with what? And the, what are the networks going to do? Not air the games? Like, no games to air. So it's just a very bizarre time. It's very interesting to see how quickly the whole system can kind of collapse um, and how much it's just how much it relies on, you know, a a physical product and the actual labor of people to put it on. And without that, um, we we end in interesting times indeed. Now, that being said, I wanted to take a couple of minutes and, and ask you for your opinions about what some of the sports networks have been doing in the absence of live MLS games and also get some of your thoughts on ideas of what else they could be doing because of course there's no sports to air, but the sports network still exists and needs something.
1: (laughs) Well, I feel like it's, it is interesting that, you know, without, without it, we'll, we'll watch pretty much, we'll watch pretty much anything. Um, MLS has got this fun thing going on on their YouTube, the, the, the MLS classics schedule. Uh, Today, they've been showing the the Portland versus Sporting Kansas City 2015 uh, playoff game that went to extra time, which was fun. Uh, Spoilers, I guess, if you go back and watch it for a 2015 (laughs) game. Um, The other games that they've got, uh, uh, some of the other ones they have on this this schedule, uh, some of the the actual dates are based on a fan vote, but... um, they are looking at doing New England versus Houston in MLS Cup 2006, which is one of the first MLS games that I can remember watching. Not the first, but one of the first. Uh, David Beckham's first game in New York in 2007, between uh, the Galaxy and uh, the Red Bulls. The uh, a 2003 game between uh, San Jose and uh, the LA Galaxy. Uh, the the Toronto versus Montreal Eastern Conference final second leg for 2016 which was wild old analyst cups so they've got a bunch of old stuff um tsn has been playing some recent games they did that special which as much as like i know that there's so much information out there right now and, and people sometimes are into an information overload i think that the special was actually really good because i feel like getting to hear from people like, just makes you feel like you understand it a little bit more. You know, like, yeah. like you just want to know where things are at. The Whitecaps are mm-hmm. doing a, a, a twice weekly update on their website. Um, the, which I think is really good. I also watched the, uh, the, the 100 best MLS goals of all time, which was on TSN for a lunch break, uh, yesterday. And I just got to say, Dwayne Del Rosario
0: was very good. He was really good. For a long time, too. Mm. Also... Very easily forgotten striker. Also, Marco Echeverri
1: is very good, who played for DC. Uh, And also, the other other person that really stood out to me there was Obafemi Martins.
0: Yeah. Is he still with Newcastle? I'm not sure. I know he went to Newcastle after Seattle, but I don't Mm. remember where he ended up or where he currently is. But he was one of the, like first like domestic like big name is he domestic He was like one one of the big mm-hmm. bigger name m l s guys that went over to europe and and made a name for himself, so what all of them years ago
1: one of the teams did uh one of the teams did a um a uh, a fiFA game Vancouver and Colorado played their scheduled match as a connect four match,
0: yep. Yeah. <laughs> and- which was a a, a choice. Um, it was interesting. <laughs> now,
1: let's let's brainstorm. Let's brainstorm some ideas here of of uh, of of what you could do. the The most sensible idea, uh, like like let's let's do a serious one first. Um, they have to find a way to make EMLS work remotely because they canceled the they canceled the EMLS cup because it was supposed to take place at South by Southwest. Um, yeah. But they've got people under contract. They should try to find a way to create, you know, you can watch a Vancouver Whitecaps player compete in a soccer-related entity.
0: I feel like I've seen a few things on Twitter where players are challenging fans to FIFA games. Um, Which I think that would be kind of fun to, like, live stream, you know, like, you know, you uh, some kid playing against Carlos Vela. That could be kind of fun. Um, I did like they replayed the last Vancouver Whitecaps match.
1: um, (laughs) What was a good one to replay?
0: It was. um, And to St. Ricketts added like a commentary to it, which I didn't get to see much of. But I kind of like the idea of if you're going to replay a match, having a player do the commentary and kind of walk you through like what was going on before the match, explain some of the stuff on the field, I think is an interesting concept to it. I mean, maybe not as like your main thing, but I I was like, I'll stick around for that. I'd watch that.
1: The director's commentary has been very good. Now let's get into some real, uh, the, the, the the director's commentary is a great idea. Now let's get into some really pie in the sky ideas. Here's one that I've had, you know, um, Benny Fellhaber is retired. Mm -hmm. He's got, he, he made that announcement last week too. Everything's happening. Uh, He's had that podcast. We need mm-hmm. to, um, we need to upgrade it into a socially distanced talk show. We need to have a Skype mm. talk show with Benny Failhabler and his various guests because that podcast has been great and it's great to listen to. Now I don't know. I'm not, I'm not just talking about a video version of the podcast. I'm talking about making, uh, I'm talking about making Conan O'Brien.
0: Oh, yeah, yeah. No, I pictured, like, <laughs> chairs chairs set six feet apart and a big desk of some sort. Um, yeah, I, I think I would like to see Zlatan Battles COVID-19, um, a steel cage death match. Uh, Zlatan, this week, uh, set up a, a fund, to, I think specifically to help Italy... Um, but oh my God. Uh, just, you're always going to get a good Zlatan c- quote about anything. And his, his quote was, um, when, if the virus doesn't come to Zlatan, Zlatan goes to the <laughs> I virus. I can't believe it. He's going to take it on. He's going to take it on. A part he- of me, and, and a part of me is like, I kind of, I'm afraid for the virus. Like, if there's yeah. somebody that could beat it just by sheer ego. It's that man. Um, what are some other ones that would be good? If
1: you still, like, still, like, if you still work the... for the league, I would have said a Mike Petke
0: gardening show. <laughs> Just him throwing pots over <laughs> his neighbor's fence. <laughs> fighting with a lawnmower. <laughs> oh, I didn't see you there. <laughs> uh, uh, Various print, holding up printouts of, like, landscape designs and stuff. <laughs> who would you, who would you put in a cooking
1: show? Serge Ibaka has uh, that, that, has that book cooking show he does with NBA guys. Who would be your who would be in your MLS cooking show?
0: Um I feel like I have seen a, a number of players on Instagram um that do quite a bit of like cooking Instagrams. Like I mean it's by now people are gonna think it's a bit cliche for me to say, but I think Kai Kamara does a lot of cooking on his Instagram and I think that could be kind of
1: Oh fun. my god especially, we need more Kai Kamara content
0: if he has Pippa on the first show, like that could be <laughs> all the former teammates that Kai Kamara hated or didn't get along with come over to his house and cook. <laughs> I like that. Or they that. do a little live stream together. I, th- I, oh, I think it, I, I mean, I'm down for just the like random content of MLS players just doing completely unrelated things. Um, it would be like a reality show. Or,
1: not a reality show, sorry, a variety show. Like you need to have a, You. it would be, it will be hosted by Benny and you would have like sort of you would call into uh, dancing with the McHaglins. Um, oh, after... All the titles to go with McHaglins. Well, he had these videos. Uh, he had a bunch of videos where he was like dancing to songs with his family oh, in their okay. in their living room. It's based on something. It's based on something. Believe me, but I yeah. I I want to believe that there's more. Um, I want to believe there's more. Um, sort of hobbies that MLS players have that we could learn about. Uh, we could have sort of a Duck Dynasty show with Breck Shea.
0: <laughs> I wasn't ready for that. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. Uh, I can't. No, 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 no. It's, it became an image in my head too quickly. Uh, wow. What would yours, what would you,
1: What what's what would you have?
0: Uh, Daddy Daycare by Joseph Martinez, I think. that oh, would
1: yeah. Be okay.
0: Just, Joseph Martinez just babysitting, like, other players' kids.
1: So we've got, okay, so we've got things that we know. We've got shows, we've got shows, and we've got segments based on things that we know that certain players and, and coaches and ex-coaches like or have done in, in tweets in the past. Now we've got to come up with some real out... Of the blue ideas to force players into situations where they have got to improvise. What is what is uh, uh, beyond beyond these 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 simple? Who likes to cook? Who likes to okay. garden? What, what garden? What do, okay. what do you got?
0: All right. So here is the premise of the show. Yes. Host is Brian Schmetzer, <laughs> <okay>? <laughs> and he's just standing on a field. There's a goalkeeper in the goal. And uh, it's just him running drills of having defenders actually mark the far post. thats I know it's wild. <laughs> I know it's crazy. <laughs> but you just take players from other teams. Because Seattle seems to be able to do it. But it's just players from other teams and Brian Schmetzer setting up a wall uh, and, and having uh, someone marking that far post run. Uh, I mean, it could never happen, but that would be my choice show.
1: Teams actually learning how to do that? I mean, mm-hmm. as as we discussed before going on the air, no one is marking the far post right now anywhere.
0: Okay, there's or or there's an MLS sweepstakes, and you're allowed a fourth DP, Oh but it has to be a defender. But it has to be a
1: defender. Well, Nashville sorted.
0: They uh, okay, they yeah, figured true, it out. True, they already played that show.
1: <laughs> um, we gotta put. Okay, so um. I want to see. I'm gonna name three players, and it's based on nothing. It's, there's there's nothing. There's no basis for for the the players I'm gonna choose here. I would like to see Drew Moore. Okay, and uh, Samuel Piet. Okay, and um, Romel Kyoto try to kayak together. That's (laughs) what I want. I want, I want to have them in, is two, is two people in kayaks socially distancing enough? Is that far enough? Or do they have to be in separate sort of rafts? I want them to try and, I I want them to learn this together. And they have to, they have to, they have to, uh, they have to get
0: along. There could be some sort of like, uh, I mean, I don't know what any of the reality TV shows are, but, like, a Bachelor-type thing for MLS players. But it's, like, to see who could, like, become friends. So it's you throw (sighs) random players into the mix um, and get them to do all kinds of tasks together. And, I mean, who's to say? Maybe there's love.
1: Maybe. Maybe! I would love to see that. You've you've got... Okay, so in this TSN show, the
0: Montreal... I mean, we all know Tim Milley is going to be The Bachelor, so... Oh my god, I would give Timilia the rose. He's just he's just got the cheekbones for it, right? Um the uh
1: the the Kevin Gilmore, the CEO of um the Montreal Impact said in his interview on the TSN show um that there one of the things that or am I th- was it Gilmore? I just have to double check that it was. Or was it uh somebody was talking about hotels? Right. Mm. Axel Schuster said that some of the Whitecaps players are so new that they're still in hotels and they're kind of stuck together at this point. And as long as they're not having to self-quarantine, that's the that's the, the, the show that you imagine. You take the players that are away from home and they don't necessarily
0: have a great network.
1: Mm. Mm-hmm. They can social distance together.
0: Like it, like it could be like together, apart, yes, or apart, together, or something. I actually, some of these ideas are not actually half bad. <laughs> We've also there were, of course, like some soccer related things that happened in the last two weeks.
1: Also, uh, um, one more idea to throw in here: we we know that through this special that uh, Michael Bradley and Pablo Piatti have gotten waivers to attend one on one training. Oh, uh, didn't know that. because they they're. They, uh, they had those injuries to start the season. Right, right, right. So it's, you know, they, they've gotten, as long as there's, you know, everything is sanitized or whatever else, they're allowed to come in because it, you know, you can't stop rehabbing a knee. Mm -hmm. Um, it's gotta be done. Um, so if you, knowing that you, knowing that you get Michael Bradley every day, what are you, what, what content are you gonna try and make with Michael Bradley?
0: I feel like it would just be like a road trip where he goes to U.S. men's national team fans' houses and just does like odd jobs to try to win back their favor.
1: Hold on. What do you think? Uh, that unmoored my headphones from, (laughs) (laughs) from, from where they were. Uh, that's really good. That's really good. I like these ideas. We've put together some good ideas. Um, I think the the lasting impression of the last game, the last la- of course it wasn't the last game because there were Champions League games held the week that things were um, the the week that things were suspended. My lasting impression of North American soccer is Thierry Henry getting Concacaf. I guess not for the first time because he played for the Red Bulls, but, but Terry Henry is a manager in that in that Montreal Olympia game where they were just pushing pushing through to the final uh, area and were awarded were down a goal and were awarded a penalty for a handball and then had an assistant referee come up and tell the referee, oh no no it wasn't it it wasn't a penalty. <laughs> Yeah, and that was some. That was some wild stuff. That was some ultimate, uh, ultimate cocka calf, ultimate Johnny Leveron. <laughs>
0: yeah, um, it, it almost it was kind of crazy that they were able to fit those games in because it was like the next day or two days after that they uh, closed everything up. Yep the that
1: was a that was one two that was two one Olympia. Uh, Tigres beat, went to New York and beat New York city one, nothing. And, uh, what was the other one? Club America just smoked Atlanta three, nothing.
0: Yeah. I mean, who knows when they'll be able to play that next game, but I think everyone was a little bit surprised by that one, but I sort of felt with the way that all the fan, like MLS fans were talking about, like, I don't know, this is the year. Like we're having very different results than we usually do um and then a performance like that from club america where they're just like nope nope absolutely not uh we're still far better
1: they're just very good
0: it i think like this is the thing i mean it's great that there's the competition and i think it will it improves the overall level of soccer um and i think we've talked about this before but like the le- like the level has increased dramatically but it, they're still they're just night and day like MLS is just not there yet with the Mexican league. So, um, you know, occasionally we can get a result that is a little bit more favorable and skew things a certain way. Certainly we've gotten better against some of the other clubs, um, around Latin America, but at the end of the day, there's just a different football culture and, and pedigree that still outclasses North American soccer. And, I think that's okay, right? Like, there's still growth, but people saying like, you know, this is the year—the idea that even one MLS club would go through—and it could still happen, but you know, that door is starting to to shut a little bit.
1: Uh-huh.
0: Of course, LAFC didn't get a chance to play their game, so they still have the two legs to play, um, and we'll see how things go in that for them. Maybe that
1: maybe I mean. that would have would have come off, except. Liga MX was like the only, uh, the only one that actually did play their games, uh, last weekend. Um, mm-hmm. they, I think they're, I, my understanding is they're also not, uh, yeah. LAFC would have played Cruz Azul, who beat America, uh, one nothing on the weekend. So they're at the same, they're, they're, they're better slash at the same level. So you would have to see whether or not you think that LAFC could have got to that, uh, would be at that point. One of the things that you you heard about um from Kevin Gilmore is that uh MLS is thinking of all, all these leagues, MLS and, and uh USL and NWSL met together met together to make their strategies, which I think is great. It's good to have them on the same page. Um yeah. and uh and, and they're all trying to think of how they can execute these seasons. Um, CONCACAF has, according to him, not really been in uh, communication. Um, mm-hmm. And they said, and essentially because they have to wait to see what everything else is. We could be without, we could potentially not have the remainder of the Champions League games, um, the Canadian Championship, the, uh, the U.S. Open Cup, which is a big concern because uh, the U.S. Open Cup continued through the Spanish flu. <laughs> in the the in in nineteen eighteen so so yeah, if they if I mean, it did if it didn't happen through this
0: it seems like especially if m l s is having to play like a condensed season which I, I feel like is probably gonna be the more likely case than just extending it um it feels like some of those um trophies are gonna get cancelled for this year which i i think is okay like at this point. I think we're all beginning to recognize if we haven't already that it's, it's just going to be different. We'll be happy to get any soccer at all, but um, there, there's just going to have to be certain sacrifices made and to just try to push through and act like everything's going to be normal. Well, it it defies logic. Nothing is going to be normal, right? Like um, it's, they're going to have to adapt and, and make changes
1: what do you think the 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 big thing that's happening right now is that the olympics is still on
0: i think that uh well first of all i'd completely forgotten about it until you mentioned it just now there's there's just no way i mean if it goes on no one's flying in to to see it so it's going to be a much smaller <laughs> It certainly won't be the same global event. I know Japan has had a very different reaction than a lot of countries to this and been very early and has a pretty progressive public health policy, but I just don't see it coming off. I mean, I think it's hugely irresponsible at this point to be talking about hosting something like that. Um, But, I mean, if it happens, it's going to be a pretty small operation, I feel.
1: Now, suppose... I was having this thought that if there's any, if there's any issue and I can't see, I can't possibly see how on July 24th we're, we're, we're calmed down to the point where people can come together across the world for this. Um, mm-hmm. but in the same vein of this idea of compressed schedules and trying to fit in everything once leagues start playing, mm-hmm. if they are playing in July, in August, which I think is again a huge ask. Um, mm-hmm. I feel like they maybe got to take team sports out of it. If I if, yeah. and I I would drop both men's and women's soccer, yeah. um, because there are athletes that that is like their whole, that's the whole career. That's what everything is building to. Um, I don't know for Canada soccer and U.S. soccer if they really value having the NWSL club season over the potential of being able to say that you were Olympic champions. Um, Yeah. And I don't know that it would be, I don't know what it would be right between the two of those things, but I just think that people, you know, people in in women's soccer already talk about whether or not the Olympics is necessary in in the same year that women's Euro is usually scheduled or no, not the Mm -hmm. same year, but with women's Euro on the, on the calendar Euro Mm -hmm. it's Euro qualifying. That's happening more or less around the same time as the Olympics. I think usually, um, and it's like with, with other things going on, people have already questioned, you know, should, uh, should the women's football tournament be a full senior thing? Um, what's the role of the men's tournament? And I think that if everything, if we, everybody, every league starts late and tries to go hyper fast, the leagues that are in a professional discipline should take the should take that one off which would really screw over the rugby sevens fans sorry mm-hmm. about that yeah they've they have spent a long time getting ready for it but i i just i just think that if you if you can make if you can make your living in the sport outside of the olympics i don't think in they do do the olympics um you probably shouldn't you should probably be sending that one
0: out mm-hmm Yeah, I mean, I still think it's like, I think we will be very grateful and excited if come August we've got soccer to watch. Uh, It's just hard to imagine something that's happening on such a large scale that affects so many different entities that it can happen. I mean, we're not talking about just soccer games here. There's so much infrastructure that needs to support it. Cities need to be behind it, right? I mean, all it takes is a couple of American cities to still be you know, tightening restrictions on gatherings over a certain amount to just m- make it too hard to schedule games and and get things done. It's great that the the leagues and the um, players' union and everything are all talking and seem to all be on the same page, but the reality is the efforts to contain this and manage it are not happening in a coordinated way across a lot of North America and, you know, might need different regional responses and reactions depending on what there is
1: i wonder if no i don't it's when you think about a league like the canadian premier league versus a league like mls that needs to cross borders mm-hmm. i mean one of them might have an easier time doing a season than the other one yeah but it's all speculation and you you don't know um nobody knows what is going to happen and all we can do is try to I guess have our best take our best stab at it. There was that thing that happened in the in the Panas press conference where essentially there was a, a fan on who'd gone on Twitter noting that she called her ticket rep to be like, what's happening for this weekend's game? The kind of the day before all this came out. And the rep was like, oh well it's less dangerous than the flu. We talked to our medical officer and they were worried about misinformation in the media. Um, and you had Panas jump right on Twitter and say, we're sorry this happened to you. We're going to call you. We should have said that we had a, we had a, a, a hearing to, to talk to people where we could have people talk to the medical officer, but we're dispersing so much information in a short period of time that I think it's, it's, fair to say that even if you are benefiting from the best information that you possibly can, not every, like there's just so much to that, that people are not necessarily even going to practice, like, you know, process it all.
0: Yeah. And and like, that's the reality for everyone right now is it's hard, even when you're trying to go through official sources and things like that, to, to make sure you have the most accurate information about like, all right, like, well, what can we do today? I mean, I've just been using the signals of, like, what's happening around me to be like, oh, okay, stores are now enforcing the number of people that can come in at any given time. So that's telling me that that's a thing we're doing now. Mm. But I don't know if that's an official policy. I don't know if that's the city that's doing it. Um, I don't know if that's the companies that are deciding to do it before the decisions come down. Like, it takes time to figure out, what exactly is the official word? And sometimes the official word ends up being, uh, negated a few days later, because I I think that this has been an exercise for everybody in just like, a this is our best reaction really. Um, and and this is a dress rehearsal for something potentially much worse to feed. And that there's a lot of things that are unknown. The, the smartest, most organized, best equipped people in the world have been wrong and have had to improvise so you know like (laughs) we're everybody's doing their best and we'll see but uh, i appreciated uh, mark penn's approach to that which was just that like that's not good enough that's not the response we want to be giving and it on a smaller less important level it it tells me that They've got somebody in charge who understands running a business, which is something I think the Whitecaps have been sorely lacking, is just understanding that um, regardless of whether it's a pandemic or something less serious, you need to have everybody from top to bottom in your organization understanding what's happening um, so that things like this don't happen. But also an an instance that we haven't seen in a long time where there was an immediate culpability to it and just saying, all right, we didn't get that right. And here's why. And let's fix it. Like actually having transparency around here's what happened and how we didn't get it right. And here's how we're going to be correcting that rather than a sort of like, Oh, this is a PR issue. Now, how do we make it sound like we did the right thing, even though we didn't
1: a night and day difference to past errors of the team in terms of communication. Um, the one thing, you know, there was a quote a couple of weeks ago. One thing that I'm interested about it. We were talking about the power of people's communities, um, to sort of bring mm. them through this time. And there was that quote at a, at a press conference where somebody asked Liverpool manager, Jurgen Klopp, you know, what is, what are you doing? What do you think the team should do about it, Coronavirus or whatever. And he's like, I don't understand why people ask me a football manager. I've got, a bad, <laughs> I've got a bad haircut and a baseball cap. I don't know why you're talking to me and not, not an expert. Um, but there was this quote that uh, Gilmore said in, in his interview that, that I thought was important, and it was, We know that we have an influence on people. Fans have a passion and an emotional connection with teams and leagues and players. And if we can use that connection to send a message to stay home and follow the guidelines of the public health authorities. If we could do that, we'll do our best to send that message along. Hmm. And and I think that that, that was really interesting. Like the 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 ability of that that connection that people have to figures in the sport and to their their basically their their friends that they've made through the sport. You know, we joked uh last week when well, the world was different. About, uh, you know, you know, if Thierry Henry gave you a call and told you to do something, you would probably yeah. do it. And now he's, you know, in this video call in French and English, telling people basically to stay in their fucking homes. And, yeah. um, I think that it's dumb that that's how it works, but it is how it works. And, and the, the dynamics of how that, that works are really fascinating to me hmm.
0: Yeah. And I also think that's like if we're going to get through this mess, that's how it needs to happen. Right. It's like not everybody's going to listen to the CDC. So you need MLS, you need NBA, you need wherever people are going. You need those organizations to step up and have the same message um, and and do the right thing, because that is what it's going to take. Right. Like people are just dialed into different Uh, media landscapes and you know if they're gonna trust the word of Thierry Henry over somebody from the CDC then fine as long as Thierry Henry's saying the same thing (laughs) yeah just do it just just as long as like any I'm like any way anyhow I don't need to have any judgment on those people that need to hear it from a sports star over a doctor fine but as long as the sports star is saying stay at home and wash your damn hands you filthy animal yes the so this is this is an important message. This is an
1: important message to convey. You know, uh, avoid non-essential gatherings. These are all Health Canada things. Avoiding common greetings such as handshakes. Avoiding crowded places such as concerts, arenas, damn, uh, <laughs> conferences, and festivals. Limiting contact with people at higher risk, like older adults and those in poor health, and keeping it at a distance of at least two arms length, approximately two meters, from others. Um, watch that the...
0: six feet for our American fans. That's
1: right wash your hands off open with soap and water often with soap and water and for at least 20 seconds especially after using the washroom and when preparing food you don't have to you shouldn't be washing your hands often but especially but not necessarily constantly but anytime you do you know you basically you're, you're touching foods because it's the idea is that the thing spreads droplet style so somebody coughs the droplets fall you touch the place where the droplets were and then you touch your mouth with it is part of
0: the problem and if I've learned anything through this crisis, it's that, boy, we like touching our faces. I love oh my to God. touch my face. Oh, my God. If you have facial hair, like, I mean, what am I going to touch? What am I going to touch? It- Can I just stay, just stay home? Okay, great. I'll just stay home. But I'll be touching my face in my home. I'm sorry.
1: Does it count if I touch my beard that I'm not touching my face? I think it still counts.
0: Oh, no. Whoa. Okay. Well, um... In the meantime, while we're waiting for this uh, entire global pandemic to blow over and for soccer to resume, where can we find you online? You
1: can find me online at Team Bates, wwwteam um, Where can we find you on the web
0: you can find me on Twitter and Instagram, loving soccer culture and literally absorbing any content I can get my hands on at That's So MLS. You can find this podcast at That's So MLS and wherever you procure fine podcasts. I mean, I'm pretty sure your main concern is not, guys, are you still going to be regularly doing the podcast? But that's the plan right now. <laughs> we'll let you know if there's a season suspension coming up, but we will do our best to make sure that there are appropriate soccer things to talk about. And if we run out of that, we'll just um, start talking about the insides of our eyelids or something else.
1: We're brainstorming some different ideas. So if you have anything that you, uh, any element of MLS history or or North American or Canadian soccer history that you'd like to talk about, if you have games that you'd like reviewed uh, from the past, um, let us know. and uh, And that could be something that we incorporate in. Heck yeah. And it would be pretty hard to do so right now. But don't get sent off.
0: Yes. Don't get sent off for not washing
2: your hands. Oh, that's
1: a sending off for sure.